um, about once a year, one of the things that we try to do at least once a year is uh, put out a little survey, and it should be coming your way in four to six weeks. We'll just put it as an insert in your worship folder, asking what is it, as we go into next year, are the things that you most want to, to, to talk about? Um, when, we, when we do a teaching, what are the, the, the questions you have, or what are the scriptures you want to look at, or what are the topics that you'd like to get biblical perspective on? So we'll be looking for that insert. Well, we've done that now for several years. And one of the topics that comes up over and over and over again is the topic of hearing God. How do you know if God's speaking to you? How do you know if it's God? How do you recognize his voice? And this isn't just true with adults. I was a a youth director for a lot of years, and you'd go to the the conferences. And if they had a workshop on how do you hear God's voice, um, that was one that a lot of times people would flock to. It's, It's a question we have, and for good reason. Imagine being able to hear from God. How amazing would that be? Something deep within us longs for God to speak to us, like God spoke to the people uh, back in the day that we read in the scriptures. Imagine if God was providing wisdom, literally wisdom from above into your life. What if, if God could help you make right decisions? We all have decisions all the time, big ones, little ones. What if God could actually help you make those? What if God would help us discern truth? When we're confronted with things, we're not sure who to listen to, who not to listen to. What if God can help us with that? And, and wouldn't it be great sometimes to just know you're not alone? When you're going through something, wouldn't it be great to say, okay, to have the sense of God is with me in this. We'll get through this together. Now, interestingly enough, as, uh, as much as people want to hear about the, talk, uh, the, the topic of, of how do I hear from God, it's also one of the most controversial topics out there as well. Because there's certainly a group of folks who just think it's silly. Come on. It's one thing for you to have a religion, if that gives you hope and all that. But are you kidding me? To, to hear from God. You know, so there's a whole group of folks who just, they're not, they're not ready to go there. Um, there's also a, a group of people who rightfully so say, okay, if it's possible to, to hear God, well, h- how would you actually know if it's him? So there's that whole group, which makes it controversial. And then there's people like myself and, and maybe many of you, we are so jaded by people who've said, God said when God never said, right? And, and so we get cynical, we get skeptical of this because, you know, I, I was thinking of the example. I was, uh, I, I was uh, my last position, I was hired as a, a youth director in a very large charismatic church. And so I'm a single youth director coming in my 20s into this large charismatic church. And evidently God wanted me to marry multiple people because I know I have this niece, I have this daughter, I have this whatever, you're supposed to meet her. Uh, you know, so there's that kind of stuff. Well, no, God, God didn't tell me to marry all of your daughters and, and nieces and all that kind of stuff, and they wouldn't want to marry me anyway. So there's, there's that whole piece. But then there's, then there's the stuff that's worse than that. There's the stuff that, that really is spiritual mal- malpractice. There's that, that stuff of when, when a, an authority figure says, God told me, or they use it as a manipulative device. You get the email that says, well, God told me this. You know, what am I supposed to do with that? You know? So, so I understand if you're skeptical, if you're cynical, if you're jaded about the topic, I don't, I don't blame you one bit. In fact, what we're going to do, because it's so important that we never misuse God's name or his voice, we're going to spend all of next week right on that topic, just that topic. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna focus next week just right on, if, if you think you might be hearing from God, how can you test that? So that's next week. But before we get to next week, we really need to, to go here before we go there. Here's the thesis I want to present to you this morning. And there's a place to write this in your notes. I encourage you to, to take out this green note page. Now, one of the things you're going to notice today in your worship folder is there's a lot of information. 
Um, not only do we have the green note page, I, I had to do an overflow sheet with quotes. Um, real quick, on these, these quotes, these are not the ones that you're going to get anything out of if you scan them. If you were just going to scan them, don't even look at them because they're the kind of ones where you have to read them slow because uh, there's some rich stuff there. But if you want to press deeper into this topic, here's some great thoughts along those lines. Also, on the back of your green note page, um, I've got three books that are all outstanding resources when it comes to hearing God. So I would encourage you to look at some of those. But let's dive in. Here's the thesis I want to work on with you today. And I, and I believe this to be true. You can learn to recognize God's voice in its various forms. I believe that's true. That you can learn. Not just you, plural, you as an individual, regardless of where you're at in whatever stage of life, wherever you're at in your relationship with God right now, you can learn. You can learn to hear and discern God's voice in its various forms. And it does take various forms. God speaks in all kinds of ways. I had an idea this morning to, for a video, far too late to be able to make a video um, this morning. Uh, but, but, so you have to use your imagination. So imagine this is a video. There, there's this guy, and the guy's got blindfolds on, and the guy's got big old industrial earmuffs on. And in the first scene, the guy, should have, John, I wish we had known this earlier. We could have, but the first scene, we could have flown you out to California and you're sitting on the ocean, right? And the guy is up there surrounded by God's beauty and the waves are crashing in and it's just gorgeous. And, and, and this is the guy. He's sitting like this. You know, and, and, and then maybe there's another scene where, where it's real authentic worship. Not hypey, not performancey, but, but people are encountering God um, through songs and music and, and people are really entering into worship and there's the guy. And he's got his earmuffs on and his, his blind, blindfolds on. And then there's another scene where, where, where the guy, um, he's in a, in, a, in a group and they're circled up and they've got their Bibles open and they're not just doing a ritual Bible study. They're not just you know, going through the motions. They're, they're looking at these words and they're, they're digging into them and they're reflecting on them and they're, they're wondering how they could apply to their lives. And there's the guy in the circle. And then there's another scene, a final scene, well, a second of the final scene where he is, um, where, where the guy's at a coffee shop and he's sitting across from a close friend. And the close friend is giving him some great advice. It is wise. It is God-honoring. The, the words coming out of this, this guy's lips are really helpful. But there's the guy with the earmuffs on and blood. Then the last scene, he holds up a cardboard sign with his writing on it that says, God never speaks to me. God never speaks to me. God is speaking all the time. Do you have ears to hear? And he speaks, as it says in your notes, in a variety of ways. He speaks in all kinds of ways. He does speak through his creation. He speaks through the arts. He speaks through his written word. He speaks through signs and wonders. He speaks through visions and dreams. Sometimes he speaks with an audible voice, and sometimes that audible voice is the voice of a dear friend or a wise person. And most often, God speaks through this inner impression. It is a feeling plus. It is a thought plus. It is an impression through which God uses any, and he speaks. God still speaks and we can learn, we can learn, we can learn to recognize his voice. A classic example of somebody learning to discern God's voice is, uh, is, a, is a guy named Samuel. We see him in the scriptures. We're not going to have time on, to, to press in deep to any one of these examples, but let me show you this classic example. This is, this is a kid who, who, um, who grew up in what was the precursor, at least one of the precursors, to the temple that would later be built in Jerusalem. He grew up right in there. And the Bible says Samuel, as a kid, was lying down, quote, in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. And this Samuel heard a voice call to him. 
He heard a voice. And who did, for those of you who know the story, who did Samuel think the voice was? Eli. Eli was the priest at the time, and he thought, Eli's calling me. So he goes to Eli, and Eli's like, I wasn't calling you. So he goes back to bed. Happens again. Eli, you're calling me. No, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And, and, and here's what the scripture says as this is going on. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 7. Let's take a look at this. Now, Samuel, he did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. That's interesting wording when you consider, if you look at Samuel's life as a kid. This is a kid who, there were miraculous circumstances surrounding his birth. And not only that, he was dedicated from birth to God. And not only that, as people understood it, at least at the time, Samuel and God shared the same address. He's sleeping in the house of God, at least as people understood it to be. Still, with all that, God's voice wasn't something that Samuel immediately recognized. There's teaching out there, there's false teaching that, that, that makes it sound as if spe- certain special people alone can hear and recognize God's voice. And you need to listen to them to, to hear it. That, that's, not, that's not true. Here's, here's what Eli says as, as Eli begins to recognize God's speaking to this kid. Eli says to Samuel, here's what it says, 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 9. Eli says to Samuel, go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And Samuel did as he was coached to do, and God spoke to him. And as Samuel grew older, God began to speak to him with great clarity. And Samuel could discern God's will with great confidence. Now, I want to hit pause because some of you might be thinking, hey, all right, if God spoke to me in an audible voice, hey, th- then I'd respond to that. If, if I heard a voice from the heavens coming down to me, that I would respond to. Possibly. Let me show you something really interesting. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to this. This is the book of John, and these are the words of Jesus uh, in an account surrounding Jesus. This is John chapter 12, starting with verse 27. As you're turning there, I want to want to let you know, if you don't have a Bible at home, we'd love to send you home with one free today. We have a stack of them that we always try to put out every Sunday. They're at the table. Um, you can take one this week. You can take them anytime. Um, please please take a Bible if you don't, if you don't have one at home. All right, l- look at this account. And this is specifically to those of you who might be saying, well, yeah, if God spoke to me in an audible voice, of course I'd hear that. Of course I'd respond to it. Well, this is interesting. This is, these are the words of Jesus. He says, now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. This is on the, the not long before Jesus is about to give his life because he believes that's what the Father is asking of him, to lay it down. He says, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I've come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Be glorified in me. Then a voice came from where? Heaven. Voice from heaven. This is classic voice from heaven stuff, okay? Voice comes from heaven. I have glorified it. I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard this voice from the heaven said, that's God. This is the son of God. We get it now. Is that what it says? That's not what it says. What did they think it was? Say it aloud. They thought it was thunder or an angel. I'll, I'll read it for those of you listening to the podcast. Um, the crowd uh, stood there. They heard it, and they, some said it thundered. Others said an angel has spoken to him. Is it possible, has it ever happened, where God spoke from the heavens and people didn't understand it? What I would present to you is that 
learning to hear God is this thing that can be learned. We can learn to recognize God's voice. There are things that you can do to hear God more clearly. There's things that you can do that'll muffle your hearing and, and close your eyes. So before you, you start saying, well, God never speaks to me, well, ask yourself these questions. I'm going to work through, we're going to work through here together um, uh, some, some questions. Now, before we go there, let me show you a couple quick things. I'm jumping ahead of myself, so let me back up a little bit. Here's a great passage. Uh, this is out of Hebrews. This one actually came up while, while we're meeting here at 1045. They have a discussion. The nine, some of the 9 o'clock people get together, and they go and have a discussion about what we talked about. And this is one verse they, they brought up uh, uh, last week. Solid food is for the mature. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice. Look at that. Trained. You can have your discernment trained. You can train your ear to hear. And this is, uh, here's how Dal author Dallas Willard puts it. I love author Dallas Willard. He's got some good stuff. It says this. He goes, we can learn through experience the particular quality, spirit, and content of God's voice. Uh, a number of, of, of us who, who, who've, who've tried to discern this, we, we use the word frequency. There's as if there, God has a frequency that he speaks to you in. And you begin to recognize over time, okay, this one might be God. This is God's frequency. Here he uses particular quality, spirit, and content. He goes, we, when that happens, we can then distinguish and understand the voice of God. Our discernment will not be infallible, but we will discern his voice as clearly and as with much with as much accuracy as we discern the voice of any other person with whom we're on intimate terms. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't it be great if you could get to a place where you could discern that quality, that tone of God's voice in the same way you could discern one of a trusted advisor, a trusted friend? We'd love that. That would be good. Now, now there's no quick fix to that. There's no three simple steps. But there are things that you can do. There are practical things you can do. I tried to make this as practical as possible. I certainly looked at, at what others have to say about this, certainly looked into the scriptures say about this, but I want to give you the five things in my life. If I'm doing these five things, if these are part of my lifestyle, I hear God with greater clarity and, and, and greater confidence. If these five things aren't a part of my lifestyle, if I drift away from that, I don't hear God with great clarity. I don't hear him with great confidence. Are there, even when you're doing those, are there some periods of silence? Absolutely, God can even use those. But these are things, these are practical things you can take. So let's jump right in. Here's the first one on your list. And it's, this one's listed number one because it, it needs to be number one. If, if that one is not number one, um, if you're not doing number one, then it's going to be more a random event if God speaks to you. Does God ever speak to people who aren't doing number one? Yes. But it's more of a random event rather than a consistent thing. And, and what is number one? It says this, or number one is, are you continuously surrendering your life to God? It all starts there. Are you continually surrendering, surrendering your life to God? Are you living in such a way where you're willing to do whatever God asks you to do? Are you willing, like Jesus was in the passage we had earlier, to, to say to God, Father, be glorified in me. I'm here to do your will. Let your will be done. Now, too many people, too many people, I believe, function under the paradigm. If God were to speak, then I would listen and respond. I want to flip that because I don't believe that's how it works. I don't believe it's if God speaks, then I will listen and respond. I believe if you're willing to listen and respond, you're going to start to hear God speak. Did you catch that? I, I, I believe that it's not if God speaks, then I'll listen. I, I don't think that paradigm works. It doesn't work for me. 
But if, if I say, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to obey, then I begin to hear God with greater clarity. The reality is that God has spoken. The reality is he, he, he has spoken. In fact, this is just one source, one way God speaks. And there's, there's three quarters of a million words here. This is just one of the ways. And this is a, a vetted way. This is a way you don't have to guess and speculate. Is this what God said? This is, this is what God said. Through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, this is what he said. So here's one source. It, it's not if, if God is speaking, it's, it's are we listening to that. Um, and a huge part of it, the foundational part of listening, is, is to really be willing to say, I'll, I'll do what you say. This isn't just me saying that. Here's, it's, I believe what the scripture says. It's also what these other wise people say. She, this is Leanne Payne. She says, true listening is obedient listening. To listen to God is to obey him. Wisdom from above is received by those who are prepared to obey it. I mentioned last week that, that, that God will resist the notion of allowing you to reduce him to some cosmic Google. God will resist that. He, he won't allow himself to just be, I go to him when I need him. I go to him when I have answers, when I need answers to my questions. I go to him when I need direction. God will resist that. In fact, if we're living a non-surrendered life, if we're living a life that is not consciously saying, God, I will do what you ask me to do, so many of our questions for God, they don't even make sense. God can't answer them. Um, I'm a huge fan of C.S. Lewis, and here's, here's a quote that I think is right on. This is by C.S. Lewis. He says this. He says, can a mortal ask questions which God finds unanswerable? Quite easily, I should think. All nonsense questions are unanswerable. How many hours are there in a mile? Is, a, is yellow square or round? Probably half the questions we ask, half of even our great theological, metaphysical problems, they're like that. All right, let me give you a concrete example um, from the World Youth Ministry. Uh, in, in, when prom would come around, there would be these good Christian kids, and, and they'd be saying, God, who should I ask to prom? All right? Now, does God care about the details of our life? Yes. Does God want to guide us in everyday decisions? Yes. Is that sometimes a question that God can't answer? Yes. If you're a guy who is about to spend $500 on one date, more than you give to the poor all year, who you should ask to prom is not a question God can answer. It's like, well, we got another question to talk about here first. If, if your prom is going to be this experience where it is a celebration of things that are not God-honoring, if you're going to be going and, and, and singing with your lips songs that de, 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 in some cases are the opposite of, of the life God would have for you, then maybe who I should bring to prom is not the right question to ask. And, and let me get very, very blunt. If you're a guy and you're wanting to say, God, who should I bring to prom? And you're not planning to treat her as a sister in Christ. If you are not planning on marrying that girl, but yet you want to make out with her, maybe you should ask God how he feels about you making out with someone else's future wife. Do you see how this works? Now, we could apply this in all kinds of situations, but there are some questions that we have that we ask God about, and it's like, how do I answer that one? There's, uh, there's questions you should be asking. That's not one of the questions you should be asking. That's foolishness, foolishness. It, it's when we surrender our lives to God, when we, when we get to a place 
where we, we don't detach our questions from, from God's purposes, but rather we're all about saying, God, what are your plans? What are your purposes for, for my life? What would you have me to do so that I could join you in redeeming and reconciling a lost and hurting world? What would you have me do to feed the hungry, heal the sick, reach out to those who are lonely, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly? Starting there is when you can start to hear God. Um, Back to Dallas. Here's a couple quotes from him. He says this. He goes, God's guidance, it's not a gimmick that we can keep on tap for our gain. It is not there to enable us to beat our competitors. We cannot invoke it to help us win bets on football matches or horse races or to prove somebody is, uh, something is theologically correct. Whether or while it is available to every person who walks with God, it is not at our disposable, disposal as we see fit without regard to the purposes of God's government, nor should it be. That would be very dangerous. Continuing on, if you find yourself in a position where you can honestly say, God has never spoken to me, then you might well ask, why should God speak to me? What am I doing in life that would make speaking to me a reasonable thing for him to do? Are we in business together in life? Or am I in business just for myself, trying to use a little God to advance my projects? Booyah. That is, that, you know, and again, this is not us saying, okay, you have to have your life perfectly together and blah, 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 then, then God will speak to you. No, this is just saying a willing heart, wherever you're at right now, no matter how messed up, whacked out your life is, are you willing to say, God, from this point forward, would you use me? I'm here. I'm here to serve you. Lord, speak. Your servant is listening. That's where it all begins. Now, here's, here's another thing, moving on to the next one. And I'm going to condense a year's worth of teaching into two minutes. So know that we, we have all kinds of important rabbit trails we could go off on this one. But it's such an important question that you, you need to be asking, and that is this. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? If you want to hear from God, this is essential. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Uh, one of the books I looked at, the one by Leanne Payne, she used an interesting word picture. She called it, Do You Have an Incomplete Baptism? And she referenced uh, this passage out of the book of Acts where it's Peter and John prayed for these folks that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For, they, for he, personifying the Holy Spirit, had not yet fallen on any of these folks. But they had only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, here's where I'm not going to go today. I'm not going to try to flesh out exactly when and how the Holy Spirit comes on you. You look in the scriptures, you see all kinds of examples of when and how the Holy Spirit comes. There's not one technique, there's not one formula, there's none of that. That's not where we're going. My question is simply this. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? And if, you, if that question doesn't resonate with you at all, if you don't even have a reference point for that, let's talk after the service. This is essential stuff. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? Here's just one of the many things the Holy Spirit does, and, and this is directly related to helping us hear from God. This is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, says this. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. The natural person does not accept the things of God. They are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because these things are spiritually discerned. For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. How do we get the mind of Christ? We get the mind of Christ in part by reading, but even with reading without the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get it. We get, we get this mind of Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. 
we get the and 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 how important is this? Leanne Payne writes, holiness. I, I love this the way she words this. Holiness. It's both a quality we are given, and a way. It is the way of remaining in Christ, of walking in the presence of God. Knowledge, knowledge of the law. That's good. That's necessary. But to preach law apart from teaching the walk in the spirit leaves the flock with what they ought to do, yet not the power to do it. Holy Spirit is essential. And one of the beautiful things about, about, about the Bible is it, it gives us this promise. It says, God is like a father who loves to give good gifts to those who ask. And in Luke 11, there's a specific link. That passage, the thought flows right into the next thought is this. How much more will the Holy Spirit, he'll, he'll give how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? This is something we can ask for. This is something that, that, that can be at work in our lives. All right, moving on. Uh, we talked about the first two, surrendering your life, being under the influence of the Holy Spirit. This one's not going to come as a surprise. Are you praying? Are you, are you seeking God's wisdom? Number three, are you seeking God's wisdom and guidance through prayer? There's a typo in your green sheet. There might be more typos in this. Here's the one I caught. Uh, I, I typed these so I can let you know that their mistakes are mine. Um, it, it, under number three, it says, uh, you know, are you seeking God's wisdom and guidance through prayer? And then this quote by C.S. Lewis should read, the prayer preceding all prayers is, may it be the real I who speaks, may it be the real you that I speak to. Isn't that a great prayer? Can you imagine if you went through life to pray in that, saying, God, may it really be me who speaks. May, may, may the deepest part of me connect with you. No, no fake things, no hidden agendas. May, I, may this really be my sincere prayer. And then God, as you respond, may it really be you who speaks back. What a, what a, what a great prayer. Are you doing that? Um, Jeremiah 6, uh, 16 says this, Thus says the Lord, Stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it. Are you going through life, not just throwing up a flare prayer when you get in trouble? God, help me. You know, I'm right here. Are you, are you, are you doing that for your prayers? And, and those are important sometimes. But, but more than that, are you going through life saying, God, show me your paths, direct my steps. What would you have me to do? Number four, you can learn to recognize God's voice in its various forms. And here's one way. Are you seeking God's wisdom and guidance through the deep reading of Scripture? The deep reading of Scripture. Once again, if you say God doesn't speak, start reading. When you're reading the Word of God and you're praying the Holy Spirit to reveal things to you, reading is listening. These are His, his words vetted for you in advance. And every mature Christian that you would ask, every everyone, without, without all of them, all of us, we would say, this is foundational. It is dangerous to ask for God's, to, to hear from God and not be reading the Bible. It's dangerous to not be anchored, to just look for extreme, just exclusively some kind of mystical sense and not be anchored in his word. Again, this, this is unanimous, and that's very rare to, to have in, in, in Christendom. But here's, here's different sources. Bill Hybels, the most, the most predictable way to hear from heaven is to read and apply God's word. The more devoted you become to learning and living God's word, the more you're going to sense his divine voice in your life. This from Dallas Willard, the word of God, when no further qualification is added, is his speaking. It is his communicating. And when God speaks, he expresses his mind, his character, his purposes. Thus, he is always present in his word. This from Leanne Payne, the Bible is so unique and powerful an instrument of God's voice that many today make the mistake of saying that God 
only speaks to us through the scriptures. The fact that that is not true lessens in no way the importance of God's written revelation to us. It is the most important way of knowing and hearing God. The written revelation together with the way the Holy Spirit quickens particular portions as a direct word in a present circumstance makes of it the greatest treasure trove we have this side of glory. If you want to know God's will, get in God's word. And, and don't do this. Don't do this. God, I need a message from you. And then you just flip it open and you point your finger. We, we, we did this. And I looked down at what it said at nine o'clock and it said something about a prostitute. And, and so I just read it and, uh, and we all kind of laughed and we all kind of chuckled. But here's, here's what was really strange. Um, I had this feeling. I'm like, okay, I, I, I think that might've been for somebody. And, and what was really strange, I know, I, I know, uh, so don't, we didn't take a picture and here are all the people who are at nine o'clock, you know, um, you know, but, and I didn't say this, that, but, but what was really got even more interesting, I was just talking with some, some folks after, uh, after the service. And one of them is this woman of God. She's been walking with Christ, you know, for as long as she can remember. And I, and I just, I just was kind of laughing. I said, you know, when I told that one, I thought maybe that's for somebody. She goes, not that it was her, but she, that, that, um, she goes, I was wondering that too. And, and so here's, here's my point. Can God ever use that? Yeah. And if, if, if you're, if that word is for you today, don't do it. All right. And, um, and, but, but, but this is, you're playing Bible roulette when you do that. It, it may or may not be from God. What we're talking about here is, is a deep read where you're, you're, you're diving in and you're, you're, you're meditating and you're reflecting and you're, you're studying. That's when you get the, the benefits of scripture. All right, here's, a, here's another one. I, I could give you a, a bunch more, but let me just give you this one last one. How often do you retreat to advance? How often do you retreat to advance? Those who are mature in Christ, they recognize this is one of the things Jesus did. Jesus would get away. When, when, and, and you talk about someone who was accomplishing a whole lot in a short period of time, yet he would purpose to get away. And, and how much do we need that? whether it's just by ourselves, to just get away and just clear our head and our mind and our hearts and to really listen to God or to get away in Christian community where we get away with these other brothers and sisters in Christ or just brothers in Christ or just sisters in Christ. We get away and, and, and we, we, we super saturate our days with God where we, when our first waking thoughts have God in them. We go and we eat and we have a conscious awareness that God provided this food. We go through our day, we play together and we have fun in Jesus' name. We, we're, we're singing songs about him. Our conversations have Christ in them and our last thoughts before we go to sleep have God in them. Do you think God uses that to help bring clarity into our life? He does. Um, Another great quote I came across. I love this one. It'll make a whole lot more sense if you're familiar with the Bible and a story about Moses on a burning bush. Here's the quote. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush is a fire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. Isn't that good? God is, he's all around. In him we live and move and have our being. His holiness is so accessible. Do we notice it? Re retreats and, and times help us to see that God is, is there in, in, in the wonder of his creation. God is there in, in our pain. God, God is there through other people. God is there speaking through human lips. God is there in his holy book. 
God is there even in those impressions that can come on our thoughts and our minds. All right, well, if you do these five practices, if you apply these, they're strong, they're good, they're life-giving. Let me put them all together, all here at once, and let's take one last look at them before we start to transition from today. You can learn to recognize God's voice in its various forms. Question number one, have you con- are you, not have you are, you, are you consciously surrendering your life? Are you saying, God, speak, your servant is here. Your servant is listening. Number two, are you under in the influence of the Holy Spirit? Are you asking the Holy Spirit to, to cleanse your thoughts and, and guide your thoughts and to fill you and to empower you and to lead you? Number three, are you seeking God's prayer or God's wisdom through, and guidance through prayer? And not just, not just like a flare prayer thing. Throughout your day, are you, are you, are you asking God to, to lead you and guide you and, and to speak to you? And number four, are you, are you going deep into his scripture? And then number five, how often do you retreat in order to advance? These are good and life-giving principles. And as you apply these, I, I make very few guarantees, but this is one of them. If you are sincerely applying these, you're going to start to have some experiences that you perhaps weren't having before. You'll be reading your Bible, and you'll start to notice certain things start to pop. And you start to wonder, what's that for me? And you're going through your day, and you see something, and you you. It's this thing I'm seeing, it seems to be speaking to me. And, and you'll hear somebody say something, and, and you'll start to go, that might have been from God. And, and you'll start to think slash feel, you'll get this impression where you're starting to go, I wonder if this is God's voice. Now, when that starts to happen, here's a great reminder from our buddy Dallas, um, great reminder. He just words it so well. When God speaks to us, it doesn't prove that we're righteous or even right. It does not even prove that we've correctly understood what he's trying to say. The infallibility of the messenger being God and his message does not guarantee the infallibility of our reception. Humility is always in order. This is an especially important point. Let me get over here where I can actually see it. This is an especially important point to make since the appeals God told me, the Lord led me, are commonly used by the speaker to prove, hey, I'm right. That you should follow me or even that I should get away. Once and for all, let's just say no, no such claim is automatically justified. Th- this is where we're going to pick up next week. If you apply these things and these things start to happen, okay, now what filters can you put in place so you can say, nope, this is definitely not from God or this might be or I'm pretty sure this is. What kind of filters? That's where we go next week. But as we close today, I'm going to invite the worship band to come up because I want to, before we go today, let's apply this. Let's respond to this. And I want us to respond to the, through this song. Jill has a fantastic song that she selected. And, and this is not just a, a song to just sit there and, 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 and let it go. This is a, a prayer. This is a, a, a time where you can take these words. If you're not a singer, then just say them. All right? Um, but, but make this a proclamation. It's a song about that's really, we didn't even, we didn't line this up ahead of time. Did you know I was going to do the John 12 verse? She didn't know I was going to do the John 12 verse. And I didn't even notice how they fit together until I think last night um, where Jesus says, be glorified in me. And then this voice comes from heaven, right? Be glorified in me. That's what this song is saying. Be glorified in me. What if we began doing that and saying, God, here's my life. Open my ears, open my eyes that I may see you at work around me. Let me pray and then let's, let's go right into the song. Father, um, we, we ask that you would do that. Your Holy Spirit would be at work in us. Um, your Holy Spirit's at work in us before we ask for it because we couldn't ask for it without the work of your Holy Spirit. 
So Holy Spirit, stir in us right now. Enable us to respond through the words of these songs to you that, that we could surrender our lives and let, it, let us dedicate right here, right now, our lives to you. That you may clean them up, fix them up, make them something beautiful. Use even our mistakes, even you, use even our past sinful choices to now bring honor and glory to your name. Work all things for good as we entrust our lives to you and as we dedicate ourselves to you and ask that you would now be glorified in us. This we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.